0: men can count on.
1: Contact Cordell, cordell Cordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Back into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of milehighsports.com. The reason I am laughing is because I'm stuck podcasting with Brendan Vote once again. And only chaos ensues when we get together. Uh, first off, go follow him on Twitter, at bvote422. He works for Denver Stiffs. Say hi, man.
0: Hello, you're you're feisty today. You um, whether it's Twitter or on Ryan's pod, whatever it is. You're not stuck with me. You sought me out. I'm a that's hot, true. I'm a hot commodity. That is machine. true. How many podcasts have you done in the past like three days? Uh, this will probably be by the end of the week. I'll have done about six or seven.
1: Man, podcast it, extraordinary. It's cool though because I don't write I'm anymore. Start at calling all. you Zach Harper. Yeah, <laughs> this that's is right. all you do is this podcast. Zach Harper
0: really is the best version of me. I think. <laughs> That's my ceiling.
1: There, there, there's your take, man. That's so funny. That's your ceiling. We need to do that. We need to do a full court press where we literally give ceilings and like the
0: floor potential for all of the media members. Oh, just tear that. Yeah, <laughs> that couldn't <laughs> possibly end poorly. Who would you say is the Tyler Lydon of the Denver oh, media? Oh, God. We're already getting on the Tyler
1: Lydon obliteration bandwagon. We're going to get to that because this is the podcast. Where we're going to go down the entire roster and basically assess grades for every player on the roster. What? Which roster? The Nuggets roster. Oh, okay, this right. is the Denver Nuggets cool. Daily Podcast. No, I can do so that one. I have yeah, a yeah. very strong suspicion that that might be the team that we're going to be looking at here. Um, I think I can do that. Before we get into all of that, though, first off, go give a shout out to the regulators regime over on Instagram. They are the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast, and also Terrapin Care Station for all of your cannabis goods. I'm not saying Brendan partakes. I just don't know. I do. But Terrapin I Care do. Station would hook him up. Have you been to Terrapin Care Station before, Brendan? No, I haven't. Well, you should go check them out and say My Life Sports. Sent you because they're awesome and they have the best cannabis goods you could look for. But here's a quick read from them before we dive into the rest of the podcast. Is we're going to dive into every single player on the roster, one through seventeen. There are seventeen, Brendan, not sixteen. So we will get to every single player on the team that exists and is actually a part of the roster. Um, we're gonna start and just go point guards to shooting guards to, sm- to small forwards and just all the way throughout the roster. And let's just dive in because this might take a little while. Um, Jamal Murray, first and foremost. Um, let's just talk about what he's done well and what he has struggled with this year. Do you have takes?
0: Yeah. Wait. Should I give my grade
1: first? Or are we just? No. Let's do general? grades last. Let's. Do Two grades last for each player.
0: Yeah, so I think it's funny. We haven't really been able to properly evaluate Jamal or anyone because we haven't actually seen this team since game one. That's going to be a caveat on a lot of these grades, Especially Murray, though, because I think when he's playing in a full-strength lineup, there's two other uh, ball handlers and playmakers there, and Gary and Will. And it's not that Jamal wouldn't do it. It's just that it wouldn't really be his sole responsibility. And I think this is a guy who's at his best when he's able to sort of Go into like unconscious, subconscious mode as a score and just stop thinking and start playing. And right now, he's he's responsible for not just his own looks, who gets the ball and when. And I think that's a lot to ask for a 21-year-old guard. Yeah, because he came into this year, and he, I can't remember
1: who he did the article with, but he said, like I'm going to keep shooting. Like If I'm 2 for 12, I'm going to keep shooting. But what happened this year is that, like you said, they lost all these ball handlers and all these creators. So now he had to go back to where he was his rookie season, which was, do I create? Do I score? He's always kind of being torn between two mediums right. of playing basketball. Yeah. And it's really has kind of left a little bit of a caveat on just his performance, um, I do want to give him a shout for being able to stay on the court, because the Nuggets do n- have not had a whole lot of consistency, and he has been one of the only consistent guys who can be on the court knowing what to expect from him, and
0: he has grown as a playmaker. He's not there yet, but he has grown as a playmaker. And he's been banged up, too. He's been so they- really banged and, up, yeah. And, you know, there's a difference between hurting and injured, but, you know, he's the guy that no matter who's... Hurt or what on this roster? Malone's been like, "Hey, can you give me forty tonight?" Yeah, and he's done it. And the whole like hurt and injured thing. Jamal would say he's hurt,
1: but any other, almost any other NBA player would say they're injured. Like there are very few players who would have played through the ankle injuries that he has sustained from training camp all the way until now,
0: and he has absolutely battled throughout those injuries. it's, it's, It's funny as a result of all this stuff. I think, I think really. The improvement we've seen are in those playmaking areas, the things he's been forced to do a little more of. It hasn't been optimal, I don't think, for this team and their ceiling at all times, but he has developed and gotten better. Mm -hmm. His two-man game with Jokic, night and day from the start of the season, in my opinion. Whereas it's actually his scoring that I'm a little disappointed in. It, I'm really happy you brought that up because I literally
1: wrote down in my notes his growth with Jokic is something he has excelled in because Gary Harris was that guy. Someone who can just run DHO after DHO with Nikola Jokic and you can create some high-profile look. With With Gary obviously out for so much of the season, Jamal Murray really has become that two-man tandem with Jokic and they need somebody like that. I think that's one thing about Nikola we haven't talked about. He needs at least one perimeter-oriented player who will run
0: DHO after DHO with him and understand how he likes to play. It's because he's a center, too, man. I mean, you can't have Jokic bring the ball up every time, especially in crunch time, and part of this is having a guard who can get the ball to your center in advantageous positions. These Jokic crunch time minutes that have been excellent, obviously credit to Jokic, but he's been out there with Jamal, mm-hmm. and it's funny, maybe three months ago we wouldn't have felt this way, but now it's like, okay, yeah, let's run a Jamal and, and Jokic pick and roll to finish the game. Yeah. You feel comfortable in that action, and that speaks to the growth Jamal has made. The scoring has been more inconsistent, but that, I think, again, like we said earlier, can at least be chalked up to banged up, not playing with the optimal guys, yep. playing in, in lineups that have cramped spacing. Um but you know we have at least seen that ceiling forty three points forty eight points yeah and and we know what he's capable of.
1: Well, I mean he's a twenty one year old who's averaging eighteen point three points a game. He's 5 five point three threes a game, four four rebounds and five assists like that. Just on paper, for a twenty one year old, is actually spectacular. You don't find guys like that very often. It's, it's, it's that's the thing. Like this it's, is a rare kind exactly. of player to find. No, like I it think is. it's
0: it's all sort of the evaluation of Jamal is is done against these unfairly high expectations that perhaps he set by playing so well at times but he's right to to look at a 21 year old giving you that production with all the injuries and to be disappointed is is a bit jaded it is an interesting
1: um, dichotomy though because with Jamal Murray I was talking to someone around the Nuggets organization about this just kind of picking people's brains and I feel like Jamal's best games are not the ones when he just goes off as a scorer. It's when he realizes that if he's a rebounder, a playmaker, and a defender, yeah. it makes the team just so much better. And that's where my qualms start with him. Like, his defense has been
0: very, that, very bad. That needs bad. to be said. I think he's been the worst defensive player on the yes. roster this yes. season. Yes,
1: everyone's looking for reasons why the defensive slide happened for this Nuggets team. Because, I mean, it's it's valid. It's 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 justifiable to be curious why. And it's easy to point to Gary Harris and Paul Millsap being in out of the lineup. But I was watching threw a bunch of Jamal Murray's clips defensively yesterday. And my God, the dude is an absolute, he he has been an an abject disaster defensively for the past two months of the season.
0: It's true. And I'll also say this. I don't think with this team, I think defensive prowess or slides are never, they never fall on the shoulders of one person. Of course not. This is, this is a unit. And when they play well defensively, it's because they're communicating multiple efforts. You've all heard Malone's stuff. Um, And so I don't want to place any one thing on on Jamal. But when you do hear Malone talk after the game about one too many blow-bys, this is the NBA. You shouldn't actually be able to just go past the initial line of defense. Blow-bys should be harder than they are against this Denver Nuggets team. And then once that first layer is broken and guys start scrambling and helping the communications on the fritz, et cetera.
1: Um, The one thing I would also say, though, is that – Most of this Nuggets team is now realizing that to be at their best, they are a defensive-minded team. I don't think Jamal has accepted that necessarily, and this is speculating. It's not like I have talked to Jamal and said this. No, no, but you can infer that. But there are ways to infer this. I have. Yeah. People have asked him about the defense. He's like, "Well, you know, we put up 130, or whatever the kind of response is." This is is
0: an offensive team. Yes, he'll tell you that. And
1: that's the way that he views this, and I think that's going to be a problem. And something else we should say too is that yes, we're going to be very hard on Jamal's defense here, but. Jamal Murray has given tons of effort on defense. He just hasn't been good at it. Like you can fly around and not be a good defender still. And like there are like even I go back to the Golden State game where he just for some reason turns his head and just loses Steph Curry after defending him, face guarding him for 20 seconds, right. and just turns his back and lets him go to the corner. Right. Like he gave tons of effort, but he was
0: also a terrible defender in the process. I also think lately Jamal's mind this is this is a think and infer and a guess part, right? I I wonder if he's a little more concerned with getting his shot going again right and, yeah. and I think sometimes he's one of those guys on this team where he gets so concerned with playing the right way offensively he forgets about the yeah. importance of the defensive stuff
1: uh, the one last thing I want to say that he struggled in is that his efficiency has not been good this year he's only shooting 43% from the field on 16 shots a game yeah like that's I know that field goal percentage is a very uh, convoluted stat in its own right just because there's a lot of other things that go into it like when you're taking your shots and why you're taking your shots but I'm sorry if you're going to be taking the most shots on the team you cannot shoot 43% from the field
0: I agree although again I just I wonder I still think if he's healthy and he's not playing next to Torrey Craig all the time in the starting lineup yeah. maybe maybe it looks which different. is why there's so many caveats in Jamal
1: um, are you ready to move on oh wait let's give grades yeah, um, what true. was your grade for Jamal pre-all-star break B minus. I I had a B minus as well. Oh yeah. Because like he's been good. It's not fair to call to say that he's a C level player. There are just very, very, very clear
0: places that he can improve and take, you know, drastic steps forward in his development. I, I think all the Murray criticism needs to either be prefaced or or attach the caveat of like, again, this is all just relative to expectations. Yeah. This is a guy who I think we know at some point. Has to become the second best player on the team. And we're wanting it all to happen at once, which is unfair to Jamal. So B minus, heck, you could tell me B, but I just think. Given the defensive stuff and the inefficiency, yeah, we he should be with Fox and Siakam right now in this most improved player conversation, and he's not.
1: Yeah, that that's a great way to phrase it. All right, we've already spent seven minutes on the first of our seventeen players. No, let's so let's go move fence. on. Uh, Monte Morris, A-plus. go on into the next. A-plus. Yeah, this is my thing. Like I have like where they excel and where they struggled notes. I literally have mistake free, lethal shooter, most steady on the a player on the team not named Nikola Jokic, and just a masterful job of blending the starting unit with the bench unit. And as Jamal Murray said, the bench is bench unit without. Up, they've been. He has meshed and blended all of this perfectly and the Nuggets are not anywhere near where they're at without him.
0: There's almost no lineup you can't put him in. I think maybe the biggest difference between last season and this season actually is the the backup point guard position. I agree. You go from a guy who lost two games in Moutier to a guy who probably wasn't a real one in Devin Harris to a guy who's maybe one of the three, if not the very best backup point guards in the league. Yeah, you're talking about Fred Van Vliet and him, basically. And and the flexibility, right? Like you said, it could be with the starters. It could be off the bench. He's another guy who allows you to slide Jamal to the two sometimes. You can put three playmakers in there with Mm -hmm. Mason and Jokic. Just all these different looks he gives you. Defensively, he's been far better than advertised. Yes, way better. I'm so happy you said that. And also, like... I know he's only averaging, what is it, 10.9 points per game or something like that? Yeah, 10.8. 10.8. Didn't even look that up. (laughs) But he's he's scoring, like he's stepping up and taking shots in important moments in games. Yes. And so, yeah, it's all relative to expectations, all of these ratings. So I think for that reason, Monte is A+.
1: Yeah, and I have him as an A plus two, which I think was already going to be the case no matter what the no matter how you frame this conversation. But for a guy who played twenty five minutes last year, he's averaging twenty five minutes a game this year, taking nine shots a night, shooting forty nine point seven percent from the field, forty three point one percent from three point distance, only behind Malik Beasley for second or for highest on the team, and then three point nine assists against just zero point six turnovers a game. That is absolutely flawless, and the Nuggets. He's one of the best plus minus guys for the Nuggets as well. A plus, A plus, A plus. I have no qualms with how he's played. I don't have any like negatives about his game at all. Do you?
0: No. Yeah. Hon- honestly, I, I don't I'm have not, any. I'm not just trying to, yeah, I can't think of a thing where you go, I wish he would do this or, yeah, exactly. or wouldn't do this. I mean, it's my only qualm is that like maybe he should even be playing more. And that's and that's not that's not a monte. <laughs> that's thing. not a monte. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, all right, moving forward, Isaiah Thomas. And I wanted to include him in this, even though he's only played one game, because I feel like his impact has gone a lot further than just what he does on the court yeah I mean he's been a guy that this Nuggets locker room Malone flat out said it most locker rooms don't have issues being quiet but that was the Nuggets biggest issue coming into this season that has completely it's gone right like when is the last time you heard about
0: this team not able to have a conversation I I agree I don't think I wouldn't say that's all IT but I think he's helped a lot and I think that to your point... He's a catalyst is the way that I see it. I, it's also been a... that's That's been a story and a thing that players bring up, prompted or not, since media day. Yeah. And so he clearly has been a part of this team behind the scenes the whole way. And again, relative to expectations, I think the biggest fear in signing a guy like IT was that dynamic backfiring. Yes. IT coming in and being a me guy, which by all accounts he has not been for all of his confidence. So when you consider that and how good he looked in the first game... I got him at a B B+. Yeah, I had to put incomplete. I mean, I, I, I'll hear <coughs> Incomplete's an argument. Probably the right answer. I'll give
1: an argument for C+, to B+. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me at that point. Um, Honestly, like, he did look very good in his first stint. And I'm very excited to see what he can bring to this team. And honestly, like, what you said about how it could have backfired on them, it's fair to say that it still could. Oh, and yeah. this is not a shot in Isaiah. It's just it's different when you know you're not going to play for months. Then okay, I am now able to play physically ready, and I'm only going to get twelve minutes. Right, like that's a different dichotomy. For and him. he
0: was clear. So game one after the game, someone was at, a reporter asked Isaiah, "Were you kind of upset that you weren't in their closing the game?" And he said, "Hell yeah, I damn near cussed someone out." <laughs> yeah, this was said in 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 um. Good spirits, good humor, mm-hmm. and he was very quick to point out. But I, I trust his coaching staff, and I get I'm not here to step on any toes, and I that's the right approach. But here's the thing: it should be as confident as he is. Yes. This is a former MVP player, and so that's a funny quote. Now in a month, is that an actual dynamic? Yeah, we'll see. But to this point. Yeah, it this is not, all pre it's, it's only been a positive, so B plus for Yeah, team. Cool
1: with me there. Alright, uh, moving on to the shooting guards. Gary Harris is such a tough one. Like everything about grading Gary Harris's season is so incredibly. It difficult. feels like you're
0: asking me about like a, a- uh, something that happened three years ago. I,
1: it, it honestly does because, like, oh, I had to go back and watch film from like November to like remember what it was like and what he was doing on the court that was different from last year. And I think so. I can't. Let's just say, go ahead and shoot your grade out there first because I'm curious what you have. C plus. I had C plus too. Man, I shouldn't have had you on this podcast. Just kidding. Um, but I. When I went back and watched, there was legitimate development that Gary Harris had from last year to this year. You see him playing with the ball in his hands, more able to break down defenses, being a better creator, Um, and he was a much better defender than he was a year ago as well. Like he was a big part of the Nuggets jumping out to being a top five defense in the first half of the first half of the year. So I do think that Gary has been very helpful, but he has not stayed on the floor. He has had four lower body injuries yeah. this year. And then on top of that, his shot wasn't
0: falling either, which well, is attributed dude, to his injuries. No, I'm, I do. Those were the two points. I mean, we're on the same page completely here. I just, the spot up, catch and shoot numbers from three specifically when Jokic passed in the ball last season to me, like that was one of the most important functions of nuggets basketball, especially because not just the way it spaced the floor for others, but the way it opened things up for those vintage backdoor cuts from Gary and all of that. We've seen far less of that this year. And I think it's because he's not scaring people from deep. Like you said, it's because he's banged up and he hasn't been available. And that's not Gary's fault but when evaluate, like, availability matters. Yeah. Availability is why, like, maybe one of the more underrated things about Jokic as you look at some of these other dynamic big men around the league. Crazy stat for Gary. He According to Synergy, he's only in the 24th percentile in catch-and-shoot jumpers. This year. Yeah, and, and I, I, you know, wasn't he 80 and up last season? Oh, he I, was in, like, I, the I 94th might percentile. Like, and he I, was one of the most lethal catch-and-shoot guys in the league. I don't remember the number two, but the number, like... Like I th- he shot damn near 60% when Jokic hit him in the corner and he was open. Yeah. So it was like one of those, and that just hasn't been the case. So it's hard to give Gary a it's great grade. It's not fair to even grade him, to be completely honest. Like he has played enough to where he should be. But a that, matters. Grade, that matters. That matters because he just got a big contract. He's a part of this yep. core. He's a part of this team. Fair to him or not availability matters and he has not been available.
1: Yep. Um, let's move on. Malik Beasley. This is, I mean, I gave him an eight a- minus just because of his defensive, bro. Are you really agreeing with me? I swear to God, we never agreed this much anyway. So this is weird, but, um, all right, let's just go through it. Where have you seen him just excel? Obviously as a shooter,
0: as a shooter, but I actually think that that is a, a symptom or a result of the real tweak. I, mean, I know where you're going. And, with and this. it's, yeah, we all, I mean, everything, I think every media member talks about Malik the same way. Talents through the roof. I think the challenge for him was identifying his role and flourishing within that role. Very difficult to do when you come out of high school and college as such a talented and highly touted guy. And guess what, man? You're probably not going to start here unless Gary's hurt and all of that. So how can you help this team without trying to do too much, right? Can Are you willing to confine yourself to a role player? Because yeah. um, and, and, teams need those. And, and, and so he has done that, and he's excelled within that. And so, yeah, man, I he's among the pleasant surprises of the season.
1: Yeah, I my big thing for him was that the game has slowed down for him. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah. you... I- I was was re-watching some highlights of his, and there was that play where he gets the steal, kicks the ball in transition out to Paul Millsap, who gives the ball back to him for a dunk as he's already stepping into the paint. And you can see him already seeing the steps ahead of him. Like, this is no longer he's just reacting to what is in front of him anymore. Like, he can see what's happening in front of him, the development of these plays. And I think the other big thing that has been huge for him is that his athleticism has finally started to show itself on the court. Because you can be a freak athlete and not look athletic when you play basketball. And for Malik Beasley's first two seasons, unless he was by himself in the open court, his athleticism didn't shine. That's true. And now it is. And it's a big reason because of his shooting prowess, of him hitting 43% of his threes. Now you have to play so far out on him in the perimeter that he can get downhill. Right. it's it's interesting to see him able to finish creatively and acrobatically at the rim for him to fly around and get into passing lanes that guys usually can't get into because of that athletic ability and I think all of that's been huge for him
0: oh he's been he's been great and and the credit goes to him uh Christian Clark wrote a pretty good story of BSN wrote a pretty good story about how he tweets his jump shot over the summer which by all accounts appears to be as important a thing yeah. as Malik's done in his career, yeah. he brings it up on his own all the time. And there's no there's no denying it. His jumper is cash now. Yeah. And so he gets credit for putting the work in. But I also think he's the sort of poster child for the case for Michael Malone of the year as well. Um, not to go, just a brief tangent. No, but it's like, okay. Tangent I, I think that's what Malone's been so good at is identifying roles and, 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 and massaging player relationships so that it's not a slight when he tells you, hey, we need you to mm-hmm. be this and only this. Yeah. But but that can still help us win, and Malone's ability to communicate that to Beasley, I think, has been a very important part of this season.
1: And also, shouts to Malone for hiring Charles Klask, the assistant coach, this past offseason. Because if there's anybody who has worked with Malik Beasley one on one, there's no one who has been with him as often as Klask has been. And that was a Malone hire this off season, and it has immediately paid dividends for this Nuggets team. Um, before we, I you mean, know, we have we have gushed about Malik, but his struggles on
0: defense have not been talked about enough. yeah i so malik has the tools to be i actually think an exceptional on ball yeah, defender on ball off ball he's got a little of that murray barton syndrome he will just turn around and watch the he's ball, a ball and, for sure, and he'll forget where his guy is and and not only that it's just like i like i've seen him go under on on steph curry screens and you're like dude i i mean i know that yeah. right and so there are, that's where the mental stuff needs to take the next step yeah but at least he's capable of like you know, for three minutes at a time, like playing pretty good on ball defense on quick guards and whatever.
1: The numbers are really rough for him in anything except for defending pick and rolls. Like he's like an average pick and roll defender. He is in like the bottom, like 10% of all NBA players in basically every other facet, which is mostly defending shooters. And that has absolutely killed him. Um, he needs Mm -hmm. to take steps and I think it's a mental thing. He gives tons of effort as well, but he just needs to know where to be and when to be and how not to lose track of guys. And that can all come in, in time. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to small forwards, or you know, you can call him a shooting guard, small forward, but he is the starting small forward, Will Barton. Um, another one that is incredibly difficult to grade because, first of all, he's only played what, like, eight games this year. Yeah. Um, so it's a very difficult thing, and he has not looked very
0: good since coming back no. from injury, which I think can be expected considering the injury that he had. And it was the first major one of his career. Correct? Yeah. I would give Barton a C minus, and again, and I'm holding like it's not his fault he got hurt. Yeah. But. It, he did get hurt, yeah,
1: and and like you said, like with Gary Harris, he has a new contract. Playing is important in there,
0: and he hasn't been great. Back, I yeah. I think before the playoffs start, we will see Will the thrill again. I think we've seen flashes. I think I'm I'm I expect to bump this grade up. I do too. But for now, if we're keeping it real you can't look at him and say okay he's he's contributed more than the average player to their success this season that hasn't been the case
1: yeah I had incomplete slash yeah, C minus
0: because it's not
1: fair for him because like, like you said first major injury he's ever had first time ever getting surgery of any kind basketball related or not like hasn't even gotten a wisdom teeth pulled before like never been under before in his life and now he's in a situation where he's just trying to find himself again and his defense I mean let's just be honest like I love Will Barton and I want to start saying this Will Barton is and should be the starting small forward of this Denver Nuggets team. All the way throughout the rest of the year, they need to know what this unit can do. I think that he is the guy, and there's a reason he got brought back on the contract that he did. So this is not a Will Barton is bad for these reasons. No, and Malik should start over. The defense him. is a
0: real critique. It though. is,
1: but the defense has been atrocious. It has. Like he has been absolutely awful defending this year. Um, and on top of that, his finishing at the rim has been way
0: worse I since think, his injury. I, yeah, man. That's that's men- that seems mental stuff. To I agree. Me. I agree. It looks like he doesn't trust that leg yet. He's like, and he's like. Going Going to, draw we don't co- know, He's going to draw contact and then sort of shying away from it midair and not getting these calls. Yeah, there's just I don't know, there's a certain swagger that he typically plays with that seems absent right now. Yeah, but yeah, man, defensively, I th- look, we knew we all knew that we knew that coming into the season. He's a weak link defensively, mm-hmm. and he he it's easy to score on him on ball, he gets lost off ball. He needs to be a good enough guy offensively that you know it, it justifies it. He hasn't been yet. But I think he will be.
1: And I think offensively he'll get there. Because instead of talking about what he excelled at, I wanted to look ahead at what he can do for Denver. And taking that ball handling responsibility off of Murray's shoulders. Having somebody who can break down a defense at any given time, even right now. like The one thing that Will Barton has been able to do even since he came back from injury is get into the paint and collapse a
0: defense. He has been able to do that. There was a game, I can't remember which one it was. It was very recent. It's not going to help you. But like, just, he had this close to the second quarter to the first half that, by all accounts, kept Denver in the game. Yeah. And it was at a time when the Jokic ball stuff wasn't working, and guys didn't have it, and Barton was like, word, I'll just get a bucket. And he's capable of that. I think it's sometimes people think that's the entirety of his game, which is just false. Like, I don't understand if they black out when he passes the ball or what, because he does yeah. that. But yeah. Um, he is capable of putting his head down and getting a bucket when other guys aren't.
1: Yeah, and he's and he's more unselfish and he gets credit for it too. And I think that'll be an important part of this. So C minus, incomplete. Whatever you want to throw on that one, I really don't mind. We'll have to just wait and see. Um, let's move on to Tory Craig. Um... This is one I think we're going to disagree on because you and I are very different when it comes to looking at what Tory Craig brings to his team, I think. So I think the things that we can agree on is that his energy is literally infectious and never stops. No doubt. His offensive rebounding is absolutely spectacular for a guy his size and the position that he plays. And his shot has come around from, this end of this, from the start of the one, season. His,
0: and he's, he's drawn the toughest defensive assignment more than any nugget on the team. Mm-hmm. And at times done quite well with it. I have Torrey at a B- and I, I think... That's higher than I thought you would have him, to be honest. I think Tori's good. I think he helps this team. And and look, like I think sort of misuse of Tori certainly like the last person that's on is Tori. Like you know what I mean? He just is the player that like. So I think he was left in that starting lineup too long, and and I think sometimes it's taken him too long to figure out how to be a threat offensively, even if the shot's not falling, Um, how to move intelligently off ball. But at the end of the day, like when he's whenever when they're healthy and he's reduced to being a role player, he's he excels within that role.
1: Yes, I completely agree with everything you said there. And I think what's important here too is that, yes, he defends every tough um, person defensively for the other team whenever he's playing, but at the same time, mentally he still is a step behind off ball a lot of times. Oh, and for sure. There's still things he he's can do raw. to improve. He's, he's raw. That's the best hell. way to that's, phrase it. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who first of all played at University of South Carolina Upstate and College, which yeah. at that point like, you're not getting good coaching. He was at a, at a 1A high school before that. So again, no good coaching. And then you are over in Australia and New Zealand and flopping back and forth between teams every four months so like he's never had the ability like he is finally getting this year where he's being coached by very high-end elite level coaching staffs so I think you could see a big boost from Tory Craig in the second half of the year but definitely starting next year right just because he's finally getting that attention
0: yeah I agree
1: um, I had him as a B-plus, by the way. I think that what he – his energy and having someone to rely on just to bring the energy on a given night has been extremely important. Yeah, I don't disagree.
0: Though. You know what else? He's been available. Yes, so every points, single time. Points for man. that.
1: Wancho um, Hernan Gomez. This is another tough one. Uh, What's your grade for Wancho? D-plus. I, <laughs> I have him as a D-plus as well. Um his shot was great to start the year, and there has been literally no consistency from there on out.
0: Well, no, well, no, there's been consistency, He's consistently missing. <laughs> yeah, 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 consistently he, inconsistent. Yeah, he. Um. You know, we were fed that he's working through some pain, and I did try to talk to him about it. You know, like background and on record and sort of all of it. And my my feeling, my guess, TJ, is that he don't. Uh, I don't. I think it was fatigue. I think yeah. this was a guy who is still learning how to pl- acclimating to the NBA lifestyle. Was out with mono last year. I think he got tired. I mean, I don't. I think the shots were short, and yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we're gonna. Is this something he needs to push through, or is there maybe just a limit on Juancho? I mean, he's not an impressive specimen physically. Yeah, and like you know, he's in very good shape, and he's a strong guy, but he's not like you don't get the big wide shoulders and the big wide no, hips and the man. extra. Yeah, he's, he's just frail. skinnier. Yeah. Um. I I just wonder, man. Like, if this is. So I think it's fatigue, but... Is, is that a, a one-year issue? Is that an ongoing issue? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's hard because like th- there's a lot of different schools of thought here.
1: When you look at his numbers, the, the, the total amount of minutes that he played in his first two years, he's already eclipsed that just this season. Yeah. And he did that like 15 games ago. So it's not like he wasn't... Like He's been playing significantly more than he had ever played in his NBA life. And also, he did tell us he had that groin injury. Again, up for debate on how serious it is. He never came up on the injury report. We don't Know, yeah. But if you can mix fatigue and a groin injury like that, it's going to be difficult. But in the season where it was, de- for him, it was defined by who will stand out, Malik or Wancho. Malik has stood out and Wancho has fallen by the yeah, way. Yeah, no so. doubt about it. And that's kind of where I end the conversation there. The qu- an lost? interesting
0: question, and I'm, I'm asking rhetorically, we don't have the answer. But I think the question with Wancho is, okay, it's fatigue. Well, he didn't play that much and they got the all-star break. And, and now they're going to come back whole. Yeah. Can he give you 8 to 12? Are you going to need him, too, if you're healthy? I See, it's not <laughs> It's not about need. It's that, like, if he can't... Like, good Wancho creates a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. and, and options for Malone's and different looks. And so that's why I'm curious. But, yeah, D-plus for Wancho.
1: Yeah, I just don't feel it yet. we got to see more before I can even think about giving him a higher grade. Um, all right, Paul, uh, power forwards. Paul Millsap. I love Paul Millsap's grades because... He's never been injured, so it has to be taken into account because he comes to Denver and has random freak injuries like yeah. this. But at the same time, he has been the the key to their defense. Even if it's very much so on the fringes and it's hard to see it, with, unless you're watching Paul the entire
0: damn time, he has been the key to this defense. He's the best defender on the roster when he's healthy, even now at yes. this age, even after the injuries. And I also think I've talked about this with you before. He So earlier in this pod, you mentioned that it doesn't... We're, you know, Malone will feed us these lines of defensive importance, and then Jamal Murray will tell us how we're an offensive team. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I think Jokic understands defense matters, but I think if you could corner him and hit him with True Serum, he would tell you it's about yeah. The offense. It's like what's
1: more important, offense defense? Yeah. He's gonna feel offense, but yeah.
0: I mean, he'd tell you both, but I, th- you know, his mind, that's clearly where his heart He's is. An offensive savant, and like so, it just is what it is with Nikola. Millsap is the extension of Malone and this staff on yeah. the floor. Millsap on and off the floor is the player voice. That's letting these guys know, hey, I've been around the block. Maybe I haven't won a title, but I've played at the highest level. Defense matters. You better believe it matters. Yeah. And that was the reason they they jumped out to that hot start. So for those reasons, I had most about a B. I would put him higher. <laughs> I have a B as well. Um availability <laughs> Availability capped me on the yeah, me on too. the B. Um and because there were you know some stretches when he came back from the injury where he looked like an old man. We haven't argued at all and
1: we're going to argue right now I think. I think Paul Millsap has learned how to play within this Nuggets offensive scheme. I think I know there's going to be some forced post-ups here and there. But I think he has generally found his rhythm and his groove with how the Nuggets play offense altruistically.
0: Maybe I don't you know it's 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 clear now and this is unfortunate that it's just never going to most Really in tune NBA fans when they heard about Millsap and Jokic being paired, their mouths started watering. And yeah. I think we were expecting this seamless pair, like fit between two high IQ, mm. uh, good passing big men. It hasn't been like, like Millsap's been good; they've been better with him in there. It's. I don't think it's ever going to be that that juicy, delicious. Oh like, yeah, the whole nope. Yoke. It's two man game. Like that's never material. Yeah, they're not going
1: to be the most versatile front court in basketball, like we had hoped. Yeah. Like that it's not going to go to that extreme. But I do think they work extremely well together. And this is the other thing that I I, I almost put his grade to an A for just this reason alone. Paul Millsap has found a way to get Nikola Jokic to accept being the superstar of this Denver Nuggets team. He has been the one in his ear like, I know I'm the $30 million guy, but guess what? You're the star player of this team. You're the one that's going to carry us where we want to go. And that... In its own self, for a guy who has been an all-star multiple times in his career, one of the best players in the Eastern Conference for the better part of a decade, he has been the one to be the selfless guy to force Nikola Jokic to realize how good and how important he is. And for that, he deserves even more of a boost, in my opinion. But I do think you're right. We had hoped for more, and it's very
0: clear that there's a cap on what Paul can do now. Yeah, that's right. It's also all of—look, man— um, I'm just going to do this mini tangent for like the thousandth time. The Nuggets had the money. In fact, you have to spend a certain amount of that money. Yeah. And they had filled out the rest of their roster. There were not guys that were available. And they
1: needed a power forward. <laughs> and then
0: uh, they needed a power forward and they needed a defensive minded guy. And it, like they didn't know he would get hurt for the first time
1: ever in his career. So,
0: hey, like you the 30 million is actually irrelevant because they had the money. Did he help the team or not? The answer is yes. And that's all you need to know. I have a rant. Who cares
1: how much money an owner is paying a player? This is not your thirty right. million dollars. This is not the fans' thirty million dollars. This is not Michael Malone's thirty million dollars. If it's going to help the team and a owner is willing to pay it, be congratulatory of the player and move on. And there and is no reason I, in this scheme that there is a problem with them paying them. What the money did that it, paid
0: them. What did it cost you? Like who's the other free agent? Yeah. Or like, oh, you had to get rid of Freed and whatever to stay below the tax. But the, I, like, Wilson Chandler's been hurt all year. That was more Danilo than Gallinari's way. been hurt yeah, all year. Yeah, that was more than... Reed's. A... barely played until he went to Houston because they're decimated by injuries. Also, those have been mislabeled as strictly cap moves. When I actually... Like, we all lauded Malone and Tim for finally filling a locker room full of their guys. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big impetus for that trade. So all of this is to say... Millsap's contract is irrelevant yeah and on top of that even if it wasn't he has fulfilled it in my mind i think he's made them better
1: yeah, yeah. um all right we could be
0: arguing with no one but
1: <sighs> i'm fired up right, it drives me crazy people complain about the 30 million dollars and plus he got he a team option next year get off the find a new slant i can't do this anymore um trey lyles let's move on to trey lyles hard d yeah let's have some more fun shall we yeah um hard d <laughs> Can I change mine? I'm going to make it a D minus just so I'm not you in sure. this one. Yeah. Um, all right. I will say this. When the Nuggets have needed it randomly throughout the year, he has been a volume scorer off the bench in the minutes he has played a couple times. And it's like been important, twice. and he has won them multiple games. I will say that it is important too because they have needed his bench scoring when they have been entirely depleted. With that being said, he has been incredibly inefficient. He has been an abject disaster defensively, and he does not fit the style of play at all. Like it just is what it is. He's not
0: a part of this team in the long term at this point, right? Look, man, I don't even know, and and I've heard this stylistic argument or whatever, because he doesn't get to stretch his wings as a playmaker and all that. I don't really care what your play. He joins the ranks of of Moutier and yeah and. Is that it? For guys who Jokic couldn't turn into a (laughs) positive player. Nurkic. (laughs) And like I kind of feel like if Jokic can't help you, that's a you problem.
1: And this is the thing. Trey Lyles on paper has the skill set to fit with Jokic and just doesn't at all. That tells me it's more of Trey's fault mentally, more so than it's anything to do with the fact that the players around him aren't allowing him to be the player that he needs to be. This is a Trey Lyles
0: issue. And that's really how it comes down to for me. I also think the best version of Trey Lyles... Requires some decent three point shooting, and I don't think he is a decent. Like he's streaky, and and now yeah. streaky. But what is this? Is this his third year in the league? Fourth? Fourth. I know he didn't get a lot of minutes in Utah, but like, I like the what he did with Millsap out was an outlier. That's not who and, miles it, it, and, is. and you're right. And it sucks because we all had
1: such high hopes for him on this bench unit. Could you imagine a stretch big who can handle the ball coming off the perimeter and a size like that? You can mismatch guys. Like on paper, it was so enticing. And I'm at the point now where he has to have his three point shot to fall for any of the rest of his game to prosper. And his three point shot doesn't exist. So at this point, he's just not a a, a helpful player.
0: Maybe my stop. Perhaps my worst take of the season was I said preseason. This is I know everyone tells you they're in the best shape of their life. Lyles was actually in really good shape. He was start of the season, which was not something I would have said last year. And so I, I said anywhere I could that I was expecting Wiles to have a huge year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wrong. Very, I wrote, very, I wrote very a wrong. massive piece on it uh, at, at training camp when we were together. Trey's a nice guy. Trey's a talented basketball player. It's not going to work out in Denver.
1: Yeah, and I I think what he needs, honestly, is to go to a team that's not good, where he can play pretty big minutes and play with the ball in his hands more often, and just let him be an inefficient, high-volume shooter. Because like, he can grow into the right kind of player
0: yeah. eventually. What, what do you think his financial future looks like at oh, this point man. He, at this point know. he'd be glad to sign the qualifier that's right, what i was just thinking it, yeah which i don't know where it's at this year but it's like 5.3 or something i don't want to hammer him though because i think everyone knows it including him so yeah um can let's go on. on some happy conversations now jared vanderbilt yeah, I mean, it's the real answer
1: is obviously incomplete. I um, wrote incomplete, too. I mean, I, I don't care about the grade. I just wanted to gush about Jared Vanderbilt.
0: Yeah, so he's not in shape. He was a raw player. I mean, he's not in shape because he was hurt. Yeah, he's, he's not sorry, conditioned. Thank you. Thank he you. is built he's like a 300 shape, character. Yeah, yeah yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in shape. But when he starts running, he um, looks, you know, he's winded immediately.
1: Man, that first three-minute stretch of his NBA <laughs> career, he looked like he was about to pass out and die like he had ran a marathon. But like, he also
0: just, like... <laughs> He's like a freaking tarantula out there, dude. It's insane. And he just pogo springs off the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's going to be, I think, exactly what we thought. Like, mm-hmm. that offensive skill. Like, he blew I've, – I've watched his G League games. Like, he's blown some finishes where you go, ooh, okay. Okay. Like maybe not this dynamic offense. I'm gonna player.
1: come to his defense in terms of his offensive um, touch because it's bad. Like first of all, yes, it's awful right now. This is a guy who is in the midst of completely rebuilding his jump shot. Do you know how hard it is to but be I, a man, good or even a regular I'm level? I'm not even scorer. talking
0: the jumper. Like I'm talking like
1: just like yeah, putting
0: layups, around like the dunker rim. spot stuff. Like yeah. dude, you gotta finish that. Yeah. But but I think. But again, he's played like six games, including the G League. So Let's well. talk about what he can do for you. I think he, like, if he becomes a he- a heavy rotation guy, he will be one of the best rebounders in the league. He might average like sixteen rebounds he, on a thirty minute basis. Like, and and some of that is detrimental, by the way. Like some of it is like, especially in the G League, it's like you got that rebound because you weren't playing defense. Um, and I think see, it's because he's tired. Don't think he does that though. Not in, in the G League, he does. Yeah, I, in the G League, yes. I, okay. now, yeah, I digress there. A, a lot of that could be because he's exhausted. Um, but. Uh, like, anyway, the, the point is, he's going to be a rebounding machine. I think he's going to be defensively versatile. Yeah. And Denver doesn't have any of those body types. Can yeah. you switch two through four in a playoff series? Yes. They don't he, really have any of those do, guys. I, I,
1: I am of the mind that in time, he can switch one through five. He could defend all yeah, five positions. it depends positions. on who the ones and on the fives are, but generally... But he's quick enough to defend, I would say, 80% of point guards. So and I he's strong enough to defend
0: off, a lot of centers. Offensively, I don't know if the skill or the touch will ever be there. Will he become a smart enough player offensively that, like, okay, you put me next to a guy like Jokic, and I'm so athletic and so quick? Will he make those smart cuts? Will he yeah. play the dunker spot well? If he can, man, uh, like, this guy's a very, very exciting part of this future. I, I,
1: my th- biggest. Issue with Jared Vanderbilt's game is that it's only on or off. Like, he doesn't have different speeds to the game, which is why I think you see him not defending to get rebounds because I think he just sees a shot go, he's like, rebound, now! Yeah, he and, knows. like, he's an animal. He's not, like, it's instinctual. There's not a thought process yet to it. And I think once the game slows down for him, we'll see that start to happen
0: again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, look. It's the dude is an animal. hard to know what he looks like until he has his lungs, you know, with him again. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, but, but yet... Yeah. I mean, I think every Nuggets fan saw some of that and went, oh my god.
1: Yeah, right. and I'm sorry. We haven't even talked about his playmaking ability yet. I cannot wait to see this dude pushing the break. Yeah, like that, he that might was
0: pretty incredible. He
1: might already be on the same level of Mason Plumlee in terms of ability and vision to get the ball where he wants it to go that other guys don't see. It's just because it's innately within him. Like, Mason Plumley's a better player. That's not what we're saying here. But he it's just innately within him to be a playmaker, and I can't wait to see how that fits down the line. And something else, um, Cole Zwicker is the guy who always talks about to the step in the first jump can be explosive for a lot of non-explosive guys but it's the second jump how quickly can you get off the ground after landing your jump that's when you see the explosion and that dude like you said is a pogo stick like he just goes and goes and goes and you can see how that's gonna how that's gonna end up translating to the nba level if he can stay healthy a lot of foot surgeries
0: yeah
1: uh let's briefly go through this one tyler Lydon, d minus because the guy has not had enough time to even give himself an f
0: that's really all I got to say. I mean, I'll, I'll keep it real. I couldn't figure out who the 17th guy was on this list. <laughs> you forgot and about not, Tyler Lydon. Um,
1: you know, every every <laughs>
0: time I walk in, in an open shooting session in that gym, Tyler Lydon's shooting the lights out. And I went back recently, actually, and I did watch some some Syracuse film, and Tyler Lydon was a hell of a D1 basketball player. Yes, he was. This guy should have an NBA future. I don't think he does. And, and Or, you know what, Let me at least Denver... And um, I think it's confidence. I think it's, I do too. <clears throat> I think he got hurt. I think he was a victim of the circumstances that brought him here, i.e., that Mitchell trade. And I think he was drafted probably too high. And I think all of those factors created this sort of set of circumstances and expectations that drowned Tyler. And yeah. um, you know, I'm rooting for him, but it's not. It's not going to happen in Denver. And. I think we know that.
1: Yeah, it just is what it is. And confidence is, is the best part to, to really talk about because the dude just doesn't shoot the ball when he's in. Like, you have to take a shot when you're that good of a shooter. Dude, to shoot it. Like, like, you're in in garbage time. Like This doesn't matter. You're also, like, so good at shooting. It, it, yeah, and, like, this is the thing, too, is that, like, he showed some defensive ability in the G League and things like that. I think he's going to be a guy who makes a lot of money in Europe. And he'll be really good in Europe. But I don't know how it's going to work in the NBA and until he proves it. It's just not going to be a thing.
0: Yeah. Still, um, still taking like, there are these really, really, really big ice packs on his knee, on his knee that yeah. injured knee still, and you just want to be like, dude, that is mental.
1: Man. Yeah. So when I reported that story, um, he tore his meniscus. For those who don't know, the Nuggets were so terrified that it was going to be one of those drastic, like ACL, MCL, meniscus, whole knee goes kind of injuries. Like that's apparently how bad it was. So there could be. A long way back to complete 100% fully healthy, maybe. He should be I back. don't know. He should be back. But, yeah. and, and,
0: and it's it's to me, it's just more of a sign of like, and and we you can glean these from from his his media availabilities and everything. I just I still think he he views his knee as an injured knee, and when you already have a confidence deficit issue, I mean that's that's it's just too much to overcome. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you want to talk about Nicole Jokic yeah, last for centers? Sure. Okay, Mason Plumley. Yeah, B plus A minus. A minus. Um god, we had like the same grades all the way throughout. So this. Mason has done almost nothing wrong. Mason has been precisely what's what's been required of him. Yeah. He has been I think the sixth man on this team. Like he's been the glue guy. He turns games around with energy plays on both ends. Mm-hmm. He's a starting caliber center who never bitches. Yeah. He is exactly what they need him to be. Um, The reason that's not an A-plus is because what they need him to be is, I think, fairly limited. Yeah, He's not necessarily one of the three or four most important guys on this team, but he has been a rock for this team all year long. A lot of these bench guys, my grades have
1: been a little bit graded on a curve because of how much more they have been asked to do because of all of the injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have him as an A- because no, of all the things fair, you dude. said. Um, same thing with like, why I had Malik Hire and all those guys, because they've had to do so much more than was expected of them. But Mason Plumley, man, like accepting the role, like you said, is the is the big part of this, but accepting your role is different than going out onto the court and filling in every unoccupied gap. Right. Like He will find whatever spot on the floor is not being used or utilized in the correct way and fixes it and I think that he is. while Will Barton was out he became one of the emotional leaders of this team too like they really went as he went and like I remember there was, I can't remember what game it was, it was right before the All-Star break. All the games before the All-Star break have muddled for me now, but they were playing terrible defense in the first half, and it was Mason Plumley who got on guys in a pseudo-team meeting that Will Barton said wasn't a team meeting, but the team had a conversation, but it, Mason Plumley was one of the only noted players who stood up and was speaking loud and proudly during that meeting about the defense. And guys like that are important to the overall progression of a team. From the start of the year to the end of the year cuz you need guys who will speak up like that when it happens and Mason Plumley has been that guy. And like you said, there have been no there's been nothing he's done wrong. Like it's hard to find a mistake for him. He hasn't done a, He hasn't been an insanely productive player, but if you don't mess up and you fill your role perfectly, that's exactly what you are looking for off the if, bench. Uh,
0: he, I don't yeah, productive maybe not impactful hell yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. all I care about. Yeah, that's uh, a great way to phrase from, it. from that backup spot. So.
1: Um all right, I'm not even going to say anything cuz I doubt I'll even have the ability to get any words in here, but Thomas Welch Yeah, it's an A plus. You got any reasons?
0: Um, I frankly, I think it's offensive that I even have to explain that. (laughs) um...
1: No, man, Thomas is the best.
0: (laughs) Thomas is the best. He's the single best, like, like far end of the bench guy in the league. Yeah, like he's the best cheerleader that wears a uniform that ever was. He is like really well-liked and appreciated by every member of the staff. Which this is team. hysterical for um, a two-way guy. It's yeah. a third center. We haven't got to see him play much. His ceiling is third center. Uh, I love <laughs> him. I love him. Yeah. I, it's not really an A+, but it's an A+. Um,
1: a+, sure. Cool with it. I'm not, I'll, I'll roll with that. I have a hot take, though. Thomas Welsh may not have a long NBA career. He will be a coach.
0: Yeah, yeah. And not a
1: head coach necessarily, but like an assistant coach, a player development guy, a guy that can relate to players and is just like, like generally you could, like you could pull a hundred people and I guarantee you of whatever hundred people you pulled, Thomas Welsh is a nicer individual than them. Like the amount of just like positivity that radiates off this guy, it's absolutely awesome and every team needs a player like this. Yeah, no, I agree. And he's been that way. All right, Nikola Jokic. You go first. A plus um he has been everything and more that the nuggets could hope for in his fourth year i mean It's very easy to be like, you know what, he could take a small leap this year, he could still be like a 16, 10, and 7 guy, or whatever it ends up being. His ability to accept that he is the star player of one of the best teams in the NBA has completely transcended any grade you could give him. He has accepted that he is the guy, and he may not say it publicly to the media, but in the way he plays, he has become that guy. And that has been the most important thing for me, is that he has been willing to be the guy entirely, the guy that everyone looks to, a more of a vocal leader he's been one of the highest effort defenders on the team from start to finish this year i think that there is nothing i can say bad about nikola Jokic except for like improve your conditioning get a little bit better on defense yeah. but that's all trivial at this point like yes it'd be nice but that's not the important part anymore
0: um <clears throat> i'll go a b only because i think there's room for Jokic to get better yeah um He's been everything we've needed. <laughs> yeah. Like, they've needed. Uh, I mean... It's hard to find
1: qualms with what he's done this no, year. No,
0: it's just... I think, like, there's a version of Jokic that can be this player and get you 23, 24 points a mm-hmm. game. But I'm not, like, holding it against him that he's not.
1: And also, since, since January 1st, he has been that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really an A+. plus. Like, he's a legit MVP candidate. He won't win. No, but, but he should be that, top five. He's in that discussion, and... and I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, how could, you, how could you rate that any lower than an A?
1: Happy belated birthday, too. Oh,
0: Happy belated, right. Nicola. 24-year-old Nikola Jokic.
1: Um, Brandon Goodwin, real quick. What do you think of him? I don't I need a grade. Do, do you have
0: any thoughts on him? I don't, you know, and I'm not knocking him. I just... Yeah,
1: he just hasn't played enough. I do think yeah. that he's a, he's a guy that seems to fit well with the team. He's a guy who has played all right when he's come in. He'll tear up the G, the G League for a long time. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. to finish out this podcast. Um, I know he hasn't played. That's why I have these two guys. Just yeah, like it's on a hard N.A.
0: It's a hard N.A. He appears to have not been like like, a distraction or a bad teammate or he's been engaged and all That's why
1: that. I haven't been there as an A.
0: So, I mean, I don't – yeah.
1: Which is like he, he hasn't gotten in the way. And on top of that, from what it seems like, he's worked. Like this is not a guy who has not been putting the work in. And from what I keep seeing in like either random mixtapes or when you and I were in Utah watching him warm up – holy shit is that dude talented. I have no idea what it'll end up being or looking like or how his injuries will end up holding up or what it'll be, but if he even reaches 70% of his peak, man, Good lord, is he going to be an absolute dominant monster? Um, Before we get out of here, quick shout-out to Vic Lombardi. Um, Just diagnosed with prostate cancer. Nick Cosmider of The Athletic penned a fantastic piece about him. Um, Send him your best wishes. And his entire goal of being diagnosed with prostate cancer is to spread awareness to other men who may not be going out of their way to check their own health. So... Just for Vic, please go make sure that you're healthy and take care of yourself. We need more people on this earth. We need Vic to keep going strong. Um, this is the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, though. Thank you to the Regulators Regime for putting together the uh, the beats. Thank you to Tearup and Care Station for being the presenting sponsor of the show. And thank you, Brendan Vote of Denver Stiffs, for going through this with me. Whatever. Oh, whatever. This is the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys later.